All right, folks, thanks for filing in. Uh, Mark Schindler from the Basketball News is going to join us in a little bit. He's actually double-dipping post-game pods tonight, uh, so he was kind enough to uh, to join me for a second one. So we'll we'll get started here. If people have questions right off the bat, we'll take those, and then when, when Mark gets here, we'll, we'll bring him up. Um, I want to start just... This is always a little bittersweet for me, honestly. The the end of it's the end of the season. We have to wait for the next one, and um, it's exciting. You know, the, the the championship thing is is fun. The, nothing looks more fun than uh, you know running into a room and spraying champagne on people. Um, you know, there's a bit of ennui for ever, never having got to experience that myself, but it's it's cool just to watch and. I think that's overwhelmingly the thing to take from this is especially a team like, you know, Golden State, who's been there, thought they were done and is now back. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty special moment. So uh, just wanted to, to lead with that and say this has been a pretty good NBA season. I've enjoyed it. And I'm very excited for next season. But let's uh, let's before we even start to look ahead, let's, you know, talk a little bit about what happened this game. Uh, uh, my my guy, Abdul Rahman, who's been uh, listening to all these. So thanks a lot. I'll bring him up first. And and. Uh, and um, what what uh, what's on your mind tonight? I want to I want to talk about the losing side more. I I have thought more about them because we see Golden State over and over, just like not there's nothing different with, about them, but have like new pieces, but the same idea and the same thoughts about them all years. Maybe they're different this year, like Steph beating the Switch only, but I don't have any ideas about them. They're just they're just really good. Yeah, no, it's it's um uh it is um I feel like this is we saw this in twenty nineteen how after being going to the final, like in their fifth straight finals, they were the team had sort of gotten hollowed out just by, you know, having to having to pay all their stars and everyone getting older and, and you know, Iguodala kind of losing a step and Sean Livingston losing a step. And um, this team actually felt a fair amount like that one. And it's just, you know, Curry is that good. And uh, Draymond Green, who's been really like awesome since, since like he got benched in game four and then finished that game strong and really games five and six was awesome. Um, and, you know, even even Clay, like I don't think I don't think this was a vintage Clay series by any stretch, but just like those two dudes and a bunch of like mental toughness and almost steadiness was was plenty in this series. Um, so I guess that leads to Boston, and um, I don't know. Is it it was a a learning experience maybe for them? Um, I think maybe a lot of the playoffs were illustrating a little bit about what Bob Myers and, and Draymond Green talk about when they, they talk about like 16 game players. All right, we're going to take your first move away, then your second move and then the third move. And, you know, I think uh, the last two teams, Boston, I mean, uh, Milwaukee and Miami did that a little and Miami, maybe even a little more so, uh, but Golden State really did that. And, um, you know, if you look, Golden State's offensive offensive efficiency was pretty flat all series, and Boston was was really good in the two wins and really bad in the four losses. And I think a lot of that was, I mean, it, I mean, you you have to start at uh, it was this was not a case of like role players missing open shots. This was a case of their 
their best players and, and really Tatum especially um, not really being able to figure out what Golden State was throwing at them. Um, and I think if we, we can go back and we can look at a lot of different things that you can say, okay, Tatum needs to improve this or that, and I think that's all fair. But I think that, you know, um, if you want to be really reductive about the series, it's, you know, best guy wins, and Curry was the best guy by a lot over Tatum, and I think that kind of showed in the end. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think that Boston don't have any pull-up threat this series. Like that, like, we talk about, you talk about the mid-range theory a lot, and Tatum doesn't have any pull-up threat. You, Golden State doesn't fear any of his pull-up shooting, or, and he doesn't have any floater game. That's make him look worse as a ball handler and as a playmaker, and just Golden and he doesn't create enough batch good shot from bad shots. I know. I think that's a great point. Um, I it, at one point, kind of late in the game, I think it was when he kind of drove across the lane and tried to take like a across his body, like runner over Wiggins. Is like, does he know how to jump stop? Um, because there's like that's there's so many times when he got to like you know between the circles and the paint. Where if he just like had, if he just knew how to jump stop under control, and just kind of elevate, he's six nine with a seven whatever wingspan, but it seems like it does seem like everything is sort of this like running euro kind of thing, and that like first of all, Golden State did a great job of kind of riding his body out, so he was you know instead of like a euro step into like a two foot lefty layup, it's a it's a six foot lefty layup with him falling out of bounds. And that both meant he missed those shots, and they turned into fast breaks the other way. Uh, where if he could, if he just like stopped and came under control, especially on plays where he had a size matchup, like yeah, those aren't those aren't like massively efficient shots all the time, but they're certainly better than the fall out of bounds, miss a layup, give up a three. That was a lot of what did them in this series. Um, but also, I think you're right. I think that, I mean, there's a reason why Jalen Brown was the more effective of the two, and it's because he's got a better pull-up game. Yeah. B-ball index, the best maybe available public stats have him ranked F at pull-up shot making this season. And he isn't have any good season other than the last twos and last two last season shot. The shooting data is just fucked up, so I don't have <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that was, I mean, he did add, he did add, like, off-the-dribble threes per, as a pretty good weapon this year, but, uh, but you know, to, I think to your point, like, like especially, like, you know, okay, he, he had some games in the Boston, in the, in the Boston, in the Milwaukee series, but, like, team, once like bought Milwaukee and Miami and Golden State like didn't let him get to his like step back left pull up three then he then like he didn't really have the in between game to beat that and yeah I think you're right I think also smart have underrated plotter game that made Boston look good pretty part of the series than most like of any other series that bailed them out in second or the first quarter to make the game just 15, not 20 or 25 points lead. 
Yeah, no, I think that was they. I mean, they, they started the part of how they started the game so well on offense is they just they didn't try to do anything special to get mismatches. They were just like, oh, uh, Marcus Smart, you have Steph Curry on you. Here's the ball in the post. Al Horford, you have Clay Thompson on you. Here's the ball in the post. It's not, it's not pretty, and it's probably not like it's probably never going to lead to like you know gold plated offense, but it's certainly. It was it's it's better than a lot of the stuff they did when they tried to rant, run you know multiple screens to get the right defender in the action to get a switch to get Tatum going against Curry, which I think Golden State did for the most part a pretty good job either slowing down or not giving them at all all series. So yeah, no, I I I, I agree with you. I think that I think Smart picking up fouls in the first half was was probably a big key to to this game going the way it did. I mean, the, the, the stretch that the, like the worst stretch of the game was sort of the end of the first start of the second, when it was Tatum and uh, the, the part of it was with, with Rob Williams, part of it was Horford. And then the other three were Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard and Derek white. And they just got nothing offensively in, in that stretch. And, and Golden's and the game kind of got blown open. Cause I think Golden State hit about six straight threes, but like they'll do that. And if you're, never getting good shots on offense, you open yourself up to that. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I no, thank you. Hey, I, I, I want to thank you for, uh, for among everyone else here, and Daniel, who's up next, is uh, another person. I want to thank you for, uh, for you know, riding along with me on these. I wasn't sure if anyone was actually going to listen, so I uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate you taking the time and, and offering me your thoughts. So thanks a lot, and uh, also thank you, Daniel, who, who's coming up, and uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm just kind of curious about like looking at a lot of the projection systems before the series. Like I think um, 538 had the Celtics as like a over 70% favorite. Same thing with ESPN's BPI and stuff. And I mean the Warriors, I would say it was a battle, but generally by the time the fourth quarter rolled around and they were getting better shots, I wouldn't necessarily say it was was uncomfortable. Just why do you think? The projections were so wrong in that aspect of it, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's um, out of curiosity. I, so I think that I think that part of it is I think that the so both of those, to my understanding, are sort of player based. It's sort of you 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 build team strength by you have a you know a player value model, and then you do some minutes projections, and then that gives you sort of a team strength model. Um, so I think I see. So both of them are, are player based. I think that the underlying player model for both is flawed um it's also there's some some oddness of the series or of the season these teams in the season that like for example like Derek white like especially in the san antonio portion of the season was kind of a a little bit of a plus minus god um and i think Derek white's a, uh, like a perfectly good player but like the celtics weren't getting the same Derek white that he was in san antonio because he's playing a completely different role and that's sort of a thing we know about a lot of these these metrics is they're not measuring how good a player is. They're measuring impact in role. And he was very good in Boston, but he was like, you know, top 15-ish per minute player by some, by, uh, you know, estimated plus minus is, is uh, it's probably the best single number out there right now. And he was, you know, at the time of the trade, he was a top 15 per minute player in the league. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that anyone really thought thought he was that but that was the kind of impact he was having this season um and and so you you add that and it's like wow look at this they're getting 20 minutes a game of like a you know an all nba player so that's 
you know, that helps. Um, Golden State's, like, season ratings are weird because of how in and out of the lineup people were. Um, right, right. Like, and Yeah. No, and, and so this is actually... Sorry, prior to the playoffs. Yeah. Go ahead, Go ahead. sorry. No, no, Golden State... Like, I think... <laughs> Sorry. Please, you go. Okay, I was just going to say that the, that's the the big three that Steph, Clay, and Draymond didn't play together at all during the regular season. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 so that's and and like Clay in particular, there's like weirdness of the season. Um, I've actually I was just looking this up because I was writing about it for the intro to the paperback of of the book coming up in the fall. You guys should buy it. Um, and you know, part the weird thing is so. We know that this season was weird. Like the first couple months of the season was a very different offensive environment than the last. Like I think through about January fifth, league wide offensive rating was about one hundred eight, and for the rest of the season it was around one thirteen. So Draymond basically the most like two third more than two thirds of his minutes are in that first half. So Golden State's like he looks great. Everyone else looks terrible defensively because he was out. They were worse because he was out. But they're also playing in a like a five points higher per hundred offensive environment, so that makes them look even worse. So that means like you know, and that's all of Clay's minutes. So that like, and Clay, I don't think Clay was great by any stretch when he came back, but just sort of that that timing, you know, you're you're you're, you're imputing like thirty four minutes of pretty bad player based on if if you're sort of naively relying on on you know some 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 ratings based on a single season of kind of on off data like that so i think that's i think that plays into it a lot i think um i think there's probably some fairly heavy recency tuning which given that like golden state end of the season was steph hurt and boston you know was great the second half was you know probably playing a little over their heads um they were great in the second half of the season, but maybe the full season was a more accurate representation. So that probably played into it some too. Um, without getting all the way under the hood, it's hard to say. But I think those are a couple of things that are, that are going on with that. I mean, I think you know, um, as many friends of mine, you know, I have I have a background in kind of the gambling space. A friend of mine who is a casino executive is like, no, the best model is the Vegas line, and it's you know. I think I think you start there, and and you're not going to go very far wrong. I think if if like you know a public model diverges massively from Vegas, your strong assumption should be the model is missing something. Um, gotcha. And <laughs> speaking of Derek White, I think you can safely say I would safely say that by the end of the series, I I think that. Jordan Poole's playing better than he was, which was kind of came as a surprise to me about how he was kind of able to settle down in general and pull Yeah, no, I think, I mean, it's it, confidence is a funny thing. Um, I think it actually, I don't remember which game it was, but I actually, I think I remember the moment where it started. I don't remember if it was game two or maybe game three, but there was a play where he had been pretty bad all series, and there was a play where he like drove baseline, and Robert Williams met him at the rim, and he like took the contact and, and hit a tough like bank shot over him, and then kind of almost since then, he it seemed like his 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 confidence, which had gotten a little shaky through the playoffs, you know, kind of kind of came back, and um, you know he's bad enough defensively that if he's not going to be dynamic offensively, he's he's a negative, but. He 
he was able to be aggressive and make enough shots and you know including <laughs> including it seemed like every end of quarter end of end of <laughs> shot clock three um which you know that helps so all right uh thank you so much for doing these i really enjoyed listening to them no thank so, you uh, i appreciate thank, it no thank you for listening again i i appreciate it. these have been these have been fun to do um let me see. Uh, uh, Mark will join us in a couple minutes. Like I said, he's uh, he's doing the daily ding on on on, on the athletic. So um, let him do that. Um, try to think of, of, of other things that that really struck me. Again, I, um, just the you know Golden State's offense was was fairly constant at like one thirteen. I think they ended up at like one ten something tonight. But like the last couple minutes, they kind of jacked up some stuff, and it was basically 113 through the competitive portion of the game, and for the series, it was about 113, and so, you know, Boston's was in, like, the 120s in the games they won, and in the 80s or 90s, the games they lost, and I think that's that's where the series turned. For as much as we as all series it was talked about, you know, they're guarding Steph wrong or whatever, like, they defended well enough to win. I think tonight's a perfect example. Like, that, like, the, the second half, the game was there for them to, to, to take if they could have put any sort of offensive stretch together. And, you know, between the inability to finish at the rim and the turnovers and giving Golden State just enough second shots, they could never really... I mean, they, they cut it to nine a couple of times, but it, I don't think they ever had the ball to, to make it closer than that. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um so that's, I mean, you know, that's, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of things we can point to about, you know, the shortcomings of, of this Boston team. But I think we should start by saying that that's, you know, we're kind of nitpicking almost saying this is wrong with Boston. This is a fatal flaw and that and this and that. Like this is a team that, you know, got to the finals against tough opposition and won two games in the finals. So it's it's a pretty damn good team. And they just kind of, you know, just ran out of talent at the end. And, you know, they're, you know, are, were they one perimeter player, one shooter, one ball handler short? Were they like Jason Tatum being a little stronger with the ball, Jalen Brown being a little bit better of a ball handler, Marcus Smart being a little less Marcus Smart? I don't know. Like this, <laughs> it's like, it's sort of the, the double-edged sword of, of kind of his, his, you know, um, you know, People call it the dark arts. Like they're like he, he drew a couple fouls and gave up a couple threes, um, and you know probably turned the ball over trying to draw fouls a couple times in, in an opportune moments in the series. Um, it's having to you know you know Terry just steal minutes with Peyton Pritchard. I think Peyton. I think Pritchard like starting in game four. I think one of the key moments in game four was was Pritchard took a pretty ill advised transition three when Boston was kind of in a good spot and kind of kill, like, I don't know, not killed some momentum, but kind of, you run good offense, you run some clock there, and you get a good shot, and you go up, instead of being up, I think they were up like 11 at the time, instead of being up 11, you're up 13 or 14. Like, that game is different, and they win game four, they probably close out the series in five or six, and we're, we're having a completely different conversation. But it's, you know, in this era of no real juggernaut teams, I don't know if it's an era or just this year, um, those are those are tiny margins, and and, uh, you know, we can see all the – see, that's the fun thing about the playoffs is you can see all the little cracks that, that teams have. And, you know, I don't think there was a perfect team this year. So 
it just happened that, you know, largely because of Steph, like Golden State's cracks were uh, less of a problem. Um, let me see. Anyone out? Any, uh, as we're waiting for Mark to show up, anyone else have have you know thoughts or, or, or questions? I'd uh, gladly take them. I'm just kind of uh, kind of rambling here. It's hard to uh, you know without without having kind of reviewed. Oh, we'll get Danny up here, but how without reviewing the game in, in detail? It's a lot of your first impressions turn out to be wrong. So don't want to be make grand statements that turn out to be completely rid- ridiculous in hindsight. But uh, Danny, what'd you think? I thought there was two interesting swings. One in the second quarter when Draymond hit his second three and then Poole banked in a three. And that just I think, probably deflated the crowd and the team, the Celtics seeing those two things happen. And then it seemed like in the fourth quarter when Boston was making their run, they missed a few easy shots in a, four or five possessions where they missed some easy ones that would have, I think, cut cut the lead to more manageable margin. Those two swings, I thought, were you know, pretty important momentum changes. I, I mean, I think the, 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 those two those two threes you're talking about the the green one and the uh, and the the, the pool banked one like those like those are yeah those are but if Boston's kind of scoring. You know, you you kind of roll with that. The fact that it was you know Boston not only not scoring but not even getting anything resembling a good look for about a five minute stretch, I think that's that. Like you can you know if if you're if you're scoring offensively and you play good defense and the other team hits a tough shot at the end of the end of the clock, you're like okay, we'll go down and have we'll score again. We'll get the, we'll get a stop next time. But if you've missed six straight shots, I think that is a little more deflating. Um, and I agree. I completely agree with you at the start of the fourth quarter. I think that the Warriors only scored, you know, Steph sat for about three, three and a half minutes at the start of the fourth, and I think the Warriors only scored four points, um, but Boston only scored two. Um, and you know, it started the first the, the first play of the fourth quarter. Like Mark, like Smart got a good angle, like uh, kind of a good diagonal angle on a on a drive. And got all the way to the rim, and and Draymond was there, kind of on the side. Instead of just trying to finish normally, he tried to like, instead of just you know extending with his right arm and going up strong and making Draymond have to come through his body to get to the ball, he tried to like quick shoot it with his left hand, kind of go under Draymond, who just kind of casually blocked it out of bounds. And that seemed, you know, both a missed opportunity there, but also sort of a emblematic of of Boston all series, just not. Not really having the nous to finish around the rim, um, which, given that they are, you know, that they have that, that their team is based on having like these these strong and athletic guys, like not being able to do that was very surprising against Miami, and it continued to be very surprising. Again, it wasn't surprising they could they they struggle at the rim or to get to the rim against Milwaukee because you know Brook Lopez and Giannis, but against teams that don't have that that same kind of interior presence, it was. It it was surprising and probably the biggest single factor in the series, frankly. Even even above like uh, Brown and Tatum, kind of. I mean, it's a big part of why Brown and Tatum struggle at times. But even a, even a, a over and above their kind of uh, turnover proneness was was there was Boston's overall inability to to finish in the paint. Um, because I think that led to a lot of the turnovers by, well, if I go all the way in there, I'm just going to throw up some bullshit and not get a foul call. 
um, and they're gonna they're gonna fast break on us. So I'm gonna have to try to like reverse pivot, spin, do something crazy, and oh, the ball got stolen, and there we go. So, um, but no, I totally I totally agree with you, that the, especially about the, the fourth quarter one. Um, I thought that I thought the the Celtics looked a little little tired at the start of the fourth. Also, I think you know you see that when a team makes a big a big run to come back, you know they they um, used a lot of energy. Like Horford used a lot of energy in the third quarter, um, and then they were almost defending a little straight legged to start the fourth quarter, and they they had enough to make one more little run, but you know at a certain point you run out of time and. You know they, they 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 ran out of time and just never again they never had the ball to cut it to less than a three possession game, and so um, you know well, it was it was interesting but never really close during in the fourth quarter I'd say. Um, yeah. Thanks. What? Yeah, I thought Derek White was the swing player in this. Where some games he was good, today he didn't even want to shoot it. It seemed like. Hey, I, he. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's. It seems like that's that. Like, you could be right. Um, I, I like. I'd have to think about it because I think that like Boston's, you know, Boston's. They they play you know seven eight guys and they're and they're kind of five through eight. You know, they're 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 one and five through eight. Like, like we're so up and down all series. Like they got, they got all they could have wanted from from Horford. On balance, I think Brown was fine to pretty good most of the series. Like, even including the turnovers. Um, and Smart did Smart Marcus Smart things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know having just a little bit more juice in those in those spots. Um, I don't know. I had someone. I had someone like DM me during the game. Is like, so does like Malcolm Brogdon like fix these problems? And I'm like, eh, is that a good enough player? I don't know. Um, like, I don't know if 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 if, if folks are if, if there's any like Celtics fans in in here who like who they think would be like the the reasonable addition that would be like the kind of guy who would have pushed them over the hump. I don't know. Um, all right, Mark just Mark just uh, messaged me said that he'll be on in a second and we we can uh maybe we can get his thoughts and hopefully they they differ from mine enough for us to for us to uh to, to have a good chat about that. Uh, any other any other observations you had about the this game or the series or the playoffs in general, Danny? Um not not really. I, I... Is, is Curry gonna? People are gonna think he's past Magic on the all-time point guard list. Oof! I can't. I don't know. I maybe this, this maybe this marks you know my the you know me generationally, but I can't. I kind of feel like I can't get there. Um, that's a you know like that's that's like inner inner circle pantheon now, and. They have to have, like it, it, it's at least a discussion now, which you know, very much honor just to be nominated. Um, so, and is that a discussion, or is there anyone? Is he clearly number two, creeping on number one? I don't like. I don't. I don't spend a ton of time on the all-time thing, but I, I, I have a hard time figuring out else who else you would have 
you know, up there. Um, if the if the if the Maverick series had gone a different way, like you know, like Chris Paul has has had enough of a career that you would have had to. But it's just like that seems like it seems a little emblematic that he's sort of the almost guy. Uh, Tyson, I saw you uh, you come up here. If you're still in, like, I'm happy to take your question. If you uh, want, want to jump up in the queue again, um, I don't know. I think I think uh, yeah, it's it's. Do you, I mean, do we call Oscar Robertson up or Jerry West point guards? I mean, the, the all time is, is sort of like guys that that. Uh, oh, Mark's here. We'll bring him up on uh, bring him up on stage. But first, uh, first Tyson, you've been waiting patiently, so. Do you, uh, am I muted or? Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, well, let's do a quick one. I think it's Warriors fan, though. I do think it's you know kind of funny a lot of the no one believed in us stuff. Though I will. Well, give, I, uh, I I did Raymond some credit <laughs> because you know there was everyone wrote his obituary after uh, you know he got pulled. So, do you think there's any reason why, or did you notice anything other than just play better as to why he well played better the last two games? Um, I mean, I think he, I think he and they figured out how to, to make him like useful offensively. Um, and it's like, I would have to, I'd have to get back to it and, and study a little bit, but I think that like they, like, it seemed like this is just sort of off the cuff and I, and like, so I, this, this could be completely off base, but it seemed like where for the first four games or so of the series, like when he got the ball on the perimeter, he would always like, I'm going to drive at the basket and try help and kick. And Boston was just like, okay, fine. We don't care. You're not going to finish. And then the rest of the series, it was more like, I'm going to dribble really fast right at Steph or right at Clay or right at Jordan Poole. And I think that that, because Boston was just sagging off him so much, that meant Williams or Grant Williams or, or Horford was was you know behind the play, and that I think got Steph and and in particular, but also Poole and and Clay to some degree. I think that got them a lot of really good situations. So I think that I mean I think that, and then he just kind of I mean, even in um, I think in games kind of three and four, like his offensive struggles started to affect his defense a little bit. I think that he was he was like. You know, because he was struggling so much offensively, he kind of leaned a little too much into what, uh, in the soccer context, is usually called shit housing. He leaned a little too much into that, and you know, it's always part of his game, but it's like it's a balance. And it was too much that, and not enough. Oh, I'm just the smartest defender on the floor, who's always in the right spot. And I think that as he got was was doing more offensively, I think he got also got back to just like being really good defensively and also being irritating uh, instead of, well, I'm just going to be really irritating to make up for the fact that I, that I'm not doing anything offensively. That's what I thought. Mark. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mark, now that you're here, first of all, everyone, Mark Schindler of, of the basketball news and other outlets. Uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Hope, uh, hopefully uh, I'm not making you repeat the same things too much as you're doing double duty tonight, but uh like, what do you think about that? What do you, like, you know, let's start there, I guess, for you. Like, with, like the Draymond thing. What was different about him, the, sort of the back half of the series? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate this. Um, and, no, man, I'm, I'm psyched. This was, a, this was a really fun series just to, to dive into and talk about. I think there's a lot we can take away from it. With, with Draymond, um, I felt like a lot, like, I really liked what you hit on in terms of instead of him driving at the rim, it was more of driving towards, uh, you know, Steph or, 
um, or Jordan Poole or, or whoever was open on the perimeter. I thought he was really great at just seeking out and making things happen for everyone else. Uh, because, like you mentioned, like him driving t- towards the rim, it, it wasn't it wasn't doing anything. The, the, the Celtics were fine with that happening. Like, okay, we're just going to stay home, contest you at the rim. You're going to miss most likely, and we're going to be fine with it. And I think um, you know him doing that was huge tonight. Even tonight, like uh, the way that he he chased some offensive rebounds, um, and everything he did was so decisive and quick tonight. I thought that was that was the most key thing offensively. And uh, I mean, he, he he hit that first corner three. Um, and even just him taking, I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Like th- this is, this is one of those nights where I'm like, I'm not sure how the Celtics are, are, are going to necessarily combat this because that's just the kind of stuff where you can't like, I mean, everything that they game plan for was to not have to defend that. And, um, for him to be willing to take that and actually make it too with, with the confidence he, he had tonight was, uh, was pretty incredible. I thought, I mean, pretty easily his best game of the series. But I thought, I mean, I thought. You know, I thought he was basically like top level Draymond. You know, at least, least sort of the the post a bit able to shoot mm-hmm. top level Draymond. Yeah. Um, basically, since he got back, like he, you know, we, we I think probably got talked about a little at the time, but like, you know, he played really well the last three minutes of Game Four, and basically yeah. since then, like it's it's been been all pretty good for him. He also actually low key hit one of like a pretty big shot. I thought, which was. If you remember, they had they like he got the ball. They had an ATO with like four seconds left in the clock, and he kind of got it at the top of the circle against Rob Williams, and, and ended up just having to shoot like a like a moon yeah, ball over Rob that Williams. That was huge. Like that was kind of when Boston was sort of trying to make a run in the third, if I remember correctly. And it's mm-hmm. just like it's one of those we're making your and oh no, we played such good defense, and then yeah. he's going to make that. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. That's 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 kind of the Shaq hit a twenty-one footer. What the hell are we supposed to do about that type <laughs> shot? Like, yeah. it just, like you, you do everything right, and it just it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, that's what, yeah. and I think that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, because I think uh, not to like just be uncool to, to casual fans, but I think one of the things that I see so often with the series is like, oh, it's been blowouts, or you know, how how good is the Celtics defense really? And I just I think. What's been so incredible about the series is like watching how many actions are getting shut down and just how quickly Golden State flows out of it. And largely because of what Steph is doing. But uh, I mean, like you're mentioning, like I think so much of it is just like the defense was was awesome. Like I, I do think it, it obviously waned a little bit with you could tell how gassed that starting five was as, as the game went down. Like that Horford switch, Mark Jackson was going off about it, but that's stuff that they've done all year. It's just the help wasn't there. Um, I, I understand that one to switch that one to a degree, but also like, it's just, it's hard. Like when that's what you've done to get here this entire time, I don't know how you're going away from it in, in game six of the finals, but, um, yeah. And also like Horford did, did a pretty good job on both of those yeah. plays and Steph and Steph just made great plays. Like, exactly. Okay. Like, like at a certain, at a certain point, like, you know. Like okay, that's just a guy being better than us, and it's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not there's not literally a strategic thing about it. Sometimes it's just you know, and not not to go Warriors Twitter, but Steph better. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean tonight, <laughs> this whole series, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think that's, I mean, that's the biggest sticking point. What he does, I think sometimes you know, hearing the all, all the Steph Curry gravity tweets can get annoying throughout the year, but. Just true, man. Like I, I mean, they're, they're as, you literally, cha- as you channel Matt Moore, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're just loading up everything to try and prevent anything he's doing offensively. It just doesn't matter. Like he just moves so well without the ball. Like, um, 
I think, you know, one of the things that I, I, I most appreciate just in watching him is the quickness in which he, he – I mean, obviously he's a quick guy, but the quickness with which he cuts is insane. Like, he's making moves before he's even moving his feet. Like, the way that he sees the court and just maps everything out in his head before he's even going there. Um, I won't even necessarily – I mean, I guess you could call it processing, but it's just the quickness with which he, he makes – moves is so hard to beat like you can have the most athletic like i mean obviously like boston incredibly athletic incredibly long but if he's beating you to spots just because he's knowing where he's going first it's just so hard to beat that um it's just awesome man like watching somebody who can toggle on and off ball like that is uh is wildly fun that i mean i don't know they're like you know, if you want to talk about like where differentiation was in the series, I think it was some of that toggle that he's actually been for for a lot of the year, and certainly like the first two rounds of the playoffs, Jason Tatum was very good at like mm-hmm. balancing that, and you know, even starting just from game one of this series, it seemed like I'm sorry, like abrupt left turn into into critic into criticism now, but it <laughs> seemed like like I was struck in game one about how like out of rhythm Tatum seemed mm-hmm. because like, you know, and I think that the play from tonight that, that was, was, you know, games probably, you know, that their win probability is probably in the 5% range anyway. So it's not like it lost them the game, but end of the game, like they, they draw help kick to him in the corner and Wiggins, who's a, you know, a good long defender is closing out on him and he record scratches and then travels. And it's just like, all right, all like you think about like the games he had against Milwaukee, he, that's just going up. Yeah. Right. He's not jab stepping. He's not pump faking. He's it's just going up, or it's either just going up, or he's just catching and going, or go, or going and catching. And they were like starting from game one of the series. It just seemed like he was just either either like playing a, a like a little too fast or a little too slow, but never at the right speed. Yeah. No. Exactly. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think that's part of. I was maybe a little bit too vocal about it on Twitter tonight, but I'm I'm just tired of they need a point guard like. First of all, this is the NBA, fi- the NBA Finals. Like right. they, they got, they had the number one offense. Like I mean, we talk all the time about how good their defense was in 2022, but they had by far the number one offense in 2022, and a lot of that was turning the keys over to Marcus Smart to just initiate sets more and get Jason and Jalen off ball, or, or get get them better looks on ball by starting off ball. Like I, I think so so often we make it out to be like, oh well, you're an on ball and off ball player. Well, no, you're both. Like. If you're going to be good, you're well, you're doing both. Ideally, I mean, yeah, like, that's like there's some players who like uh, like you know looking at you know James Harden and Trey yeah. Young and Luca and and some other guys who like if they if they if they could balance that a little more would they'd be better players? One hundred percent. And I think like that's where it just got frustrating because I think you know watching this whole series just felt like a, or I should just say more like the, the last three games, it, it, most of the whole series, but you know the last three games in particular. You just kind of saw the, the evolution of that. Like they started off this, the, they started off this game. And I was like, okay, they fixed things. Like, you know, they're starting off. They're like, okay, we're going to actually try and take advantage of our size because I thought that they really struggled to do that in the last couple games. Um, a lot was being made of like, oh well, Al Horford's been quiet. I'm like, well, they're they're spacing him to the corner into the slot, and that's really all they've been doing with him. So I don't know what else you're expecting. Like maybe a couple more duckins or something, but. Um, I, I love a good duck in, and they started <laughs> the game with one, so I was exactly. very excited by that. And I, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they did it, I think, three of the first five possessions. Like, we're here. You know, they're, they're going to do it. And they just went away from it as soon as Golden State started hitting stuff. 
um, and started to go on their, their, their run to get back in, it felt like they really went away from it. And um, I, I think it's so much less about having a starting point guard and more just decision-making in general from, from Jalen and Jason um, because that just continued to be a problem tonight. Yeah, no, it seemed like they like I, it, it seemed like they kind of got back to first principles about yeah. why they were trying to seek out mismatches. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, wait, okay. You know, Al Horford post-ups are not our bread and butter, but if we get Al Horford posted up against Clay Thompson and give space, we either get a he either gets a good shot or they bring two to the ball. And we we bring two to the ball while we're spaced out. So all the stuff that they got in trouble all series trying to like run, you know, pre-screening to get the right guy into the into the ball screen action to and then Golden State would just switch and then it would be oh now I'm trying to go one-on-one against Gary Payton the second like they just kind of start, stopped they started the game without like not doing that just being like making it simpler mm-hmm. and then it just it seemed like once they started subbing they kind of their their kind of their spacing broke down so even so then they were kind of back to the the beating the head against the wall that that you know was so much of a problem all series. Yeah, no, I mean, well, even even when they had that run back in, oh, I, I, saying run, like I think they scored like eight points or whatever, but <laughs> um, it felt like in that third quarter run to try and get back into it. It's, I mean, it's like watching them try to, to, to bleed dry a stone. Like, I mean, there's just nothing there. Like Jalen is, you know, navigating through traffic and, and scoring a, a contact bucket over like two guys. Like it's just it's not replicable stuff. And it, it, it exactly like, it just felt very much like nails on a chalkboard watching it play out. So I want to, um, I, we'll talk about Boston a little bit longer than get back to golden state. I think, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's, if it's cool with you, that's where I want to yeah, no, for more sure. in Boston, a little more in golden state. And then I kind of want to like maybe end up by looking ahead to what, um, I'm, I'm already very excited for next season, but we'll get to mm-hmm. that. Um, so, there's been a, there's been some stuff going around about you know how like the minute load on on, on Tatum and 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 you know the compressed postseason schedule and you know, which is I don't, I think a kind of a red herring but the fact that he played two straight seven game series and huge minutes in both of them um, was there was was fatigue a factor or is there a like a kind of a a skill deficit that 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 is that was maybe um, exposed and or exploited. I don't want to. I don't want to set completely hedge, but I think it's both. Um, like I'm sure fatigue played a factor. Like it definitely appeared to tonight um, because I mean, especially once you once they hit the third quarter, like those they, they just weren't getting to lose balls the same way that that Golden State was. Um, but I think in terms of skill, like clearly, I do think like the shoulder was bothering him. To what degree, you know, I don't know, but. Um, I think, I mean, we just continue to see, like, the, the counters at the rim are not there for him yet. I think that's the biggest thing that, that we need to see improve from him. Because, honestly, like, it's not even that the, uh, I don't think the decision-making is always great, but I do think it's 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 better than it generally gets credit for. Um, but I think the issue is just, okay, they know that they can just load up on him and, and, and drive it, force him to the rim, and it's going to be tough uh, because the counters aren't there for him. And I think that was such a problem tonight. Uh, and throughout the series too. I mean, it's not just a one game thing. Uh, and I, I mean, that, that that's that's the biggest thing for next year. I mean, it, how that plays out. I mean, he, he granted he got a lot better at that as the year went on this year. But I still think navigating through traffic and um, 
parsing together more drives into finishes is going to be the biggest step for him because I mean it's kind of like we I, I you know I, I it, it was interesting because I think early on this year I was talking about this with a couple of friends and I was like how close is Jason Tatum to like being better than Indiana Paul George ever was um, as an offensive player I should say I do think PG's <laughs> always been a better defender at least in the Indiana stages but. Um, like I, I do think he's closer to getting to that level as an office player. Not to like make this like a random comp thing, but um, I still think like get, there's there's a lot more there that I, I think he needs to uh, that I, I'm, I'm hoping he can iron out in the way of, of finding some more of his pacing and tempo too on the inside. It's all at times it almost seems like his his length is a detriment. Yes, like it feels like he trips over himself sometimes. Well, not so just long. that, but it, but it, like he's he 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 plays with the ball away from his body, and it's yeah. not like you know, it's almost like he's trying to do the Harden rip up through your arms, but Harden's a tank, and like you know, and and you know, Tatum is is strong but slender, and so mm-hmm. it seems like the ball is out away from his body, and he just he doesn't have he doesn't have the ability to, to keep it in traffic, especially as he's you know. It feels like he he goes to the euro step kind of by default when like a simple jump stop might like a jump stop power up. I'm I'm three inches taller than you and have a five inch standing reach advantage, so I'm going to jump stop and just go up over the top of you. And it doesn't seem like he has that. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't know how much boxing you watch, but it reminds me of watching like uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, at least more in his prime, like a guy six seven at, at heavyweight. Again, like pretty slender, pretty thin, and he was not like an awesome technical boxer, but was somebody who could really um, negate some of his length and height advantage because he just would like he'd smother some of his punches, getting like way too close into things. And it feels very much like like that. Like even even when he does have space, it feels like he's playing in a phone booth sometimes. I uh, you brought him up. It's funny. I uh, I, I watched the uh, second uh, Wilder Fury fight with uh, with with uh, Thanasis Combo among my, 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 my. Oh no way! That's so, awesome. So, yeah, yeah. No, he uh, his uh, like yeah. He, he he had a friend with him there, and she was like a much better boxing commentator than whoever was was actually doing the like. Sounds she, about right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, randomly. Um. No, I think that I I think that's right. Um. Let's go back to the Warriors. Um, so something I've been, I, I like, I'm going to be stubborn about this. And mm-hmm. even though they won the championship, like, be a little bit like they think they got away with it rather than it being the right decision of, because it did seem like they were, they themselves were a dude or two short at times in the playoffs. Yeah. Especially against, you know, Memphis before Jaw got hurt and at times in this series. And, you know, not having made a trade this season uh, with some of their young players to maximize what is, you know, one of the, you know, it, this again sounds crazy because they just won the title, but it's like, you know, that, you know, game four goes a little differently and we're having a different conversation. So, um, you know, and we don't know what trades are out there, but like, am I just being stubborn and wed to my old ideas or, you know, is, is it, is, is, was that a, bigger gamble than maybe it appears now. No, I'm right there in the same boat with you. I've gotten really tired of all the, uh, the puff and think pieces saying, you know, all light years, you know, they made the right decision sitting on their hands. And I just, I don't agree. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought a lot about it, you know, imagine if this team played, played Milwaukee I, and I'm, I just, okay. If 
Kevon Looney picks up three fouls in the first quarter or Draymond gets into foul trouble too. Like, what are they doing? Like, okay, they're throwing the Manye Bielitz out there to defend Giannis. I mean, it's, I, I thought, and it's not even just that. I thought they were really lacking in shot creation throughout the series too. And just in general. Um, I mean, Wiggins was huge for them and what he was able to do in creating some tough looks. But again, that's part of the thing. Like, I felt, um, especially too, because Poole was, was unplayable at times for his defense. Um, I, I still felt that they really could have used somebody else who could handle and just create something because, uh, I mean, we're going to look back at, on this and talk about how this was just an all-time Steph series. Like, if they don't – if they just get, like, a – saying average Steph series sounds unfair, but, like, if, no, you just if get they get like a 70th percentile Steph series, they lose in six games. Exactly. And I think that there's just the – I, I, I'm in the same boat very much. I, I and I also would say I'm just a, like I, I like a lot of their prospects, but I'm not in the boat of thinking that any of them should have hinged upon, upon them not making a, a deal that 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 really solidified this uh, this title run for them. So, like, way too early, but here we are. Um, is, do you, what do you, what do you think the chances are? This is kind of a button on the Warriors era, or is this kind of the start of a, of a second peak or maybe even a third peak? If you consider like, if you, whether you want to consider like the KD era, like a separate one than the 73 win team, which I kind of don't. Ooh, that is tough. Um, I think, I mean, I think it's still the same same era you know like because I, I agree with you like i i don't like how much erasing gets done at the kd era like it was just awesome basketball i wish that we could just enjoy it enjoy it instead of you know trying to pick it apart um I are, are, are you are you new here <laughs> yeah i i am new i i have a little bit too much boyish optimism but i you know i'll let it stick around for now but uh i think I again, I think a lot more is just going to depend on like I, I think Jonathan Kaminga showed a lot that I was interested by this year. Um, I'm really interested. I was surprised I, he didn't get more of a look in the finals, to be honest. I would agree. Like I thought that there were, were moments where they could have really used his size and length. And again, I think they skated by on it. But I just am interested to see how they thread the needle because it like I, I, I don't want to be reductive with 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 Wiggins. Like I still think he's. Uh, he's a, obviously a very solid player, but I, we've seen what happens if his role is skilled up a little bit higher. I, I, I think that Poole can, of course, get better and continue. I mean, this is only year two for him, which sounds wild to say. Um, yeah, year, year oh, three. Oh, it was year three? It was year three? Yeah. Um, but, he, I mean, you're, you're one because he was the worst player in the NBA his rookie year. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know. Uh, but it's just uh, – I'm just not sure where the upward mobility for them is unless they're making a trade. And I'm interested to see what happens with Draymond too, because as good as he is offensively, I mean, defensively, um, I mean, there were just real stretches this year where he was pretty rough offensively. And I mean, that, that played out in the finals as well too. And I think it was more of a problem in the playoffs, of course, but um, like it just, we're hitting the point now where it's like, it is very hard to keep the entire band together because how good is the entire band outside of Steph? Is a legitimate question. Like, I, I wonder what does Clay look like next year? Like, we had really good stretches from him this year, but also, like, we are talking about Game Six Clay very differently if if, if Boston wins this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, so. Can we like on Clay? By the way, I think that that he deserves like he didn't he didn't have a great Finals, but 
I think yeah. he held up better defensively, definitely than than we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that was you know the like the 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 Celtics really only having Pool as a target. I think probably was is an underrated sort of swing. Like you know Steph at times, but they at least had to work for that. But yeah. I think that I think like the fact that like the degree to which you know Clay and you know into the spot minutes he got Bielitsa held up defensively. I think was. Is is you know not the most important factor in the series, but were important factors in the series certainly. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree in, in, in entirety. I think just having somebody else out there who was long, who could stay in front of somebody. Um, I do. Th- he. I mean, he had some rough moments off the ball to be sure too. But I thought overall, like if they didn't have him, it's a t- an entirely different series for sure. And he, he did. I mean, he you know had had the size and and was you know maybe struggle at times against Brown, but was perfectly fine against Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that was like, that was the worry for Golden State this series is having enough guys to guard those two. Um, so I'm, um, it, was, it was funny in game two, like, like uh, uh, you know, friend of the program, Nate Duncan got, I, I thought at the time a little ahead of himself and was like, you know, we'll be talking about how Gary Payton swung the finals. Um, again, I think that's 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 hyperbolic, but yeah. um, he was certainly uh, like him being available from game two and on. I think certainly important. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think that's uh, that's kind of what like like we hit on earlier. I think that's that's almost an important swing factor in talking about how this team got really lucky in. Uh, in, well, I mean, obviously they played really well, but you know, in, in terms of not necessarily being uh, um, getting in trouble for not making a move, because I, I think that was very indicative. Like, not having Gary Payton for a couple games was like legitimately hurtful to them. Like, just having somebody who could go out there and play solid defense and move the ball. And I thought, like, um, you know, his ability to just attack on the roll or attack off the catch and be impactful around the rim was huge. Um, like, even if he's not somebody who you're super worried about taking threes, like, that was one of the killers tonight, too. I think uh, Rob Will closed out to um, to GP2 and, and it ended up being an offensive rebound and, and put back when, uh, oh, yeah, later in the game. That, that one, I was like, I, I jumped off off my, my, my couch, and I'm like, why are you closing that? And um, But, yeah, no, I mean, he 100%. He was huge. Um, and I, especially, too, like, one of the things I loved at Golden State, too, was how much pressure they put on, like um, – throughout and I thought you know um a lot gets made out of you know if a team is is pressed you think that they're going to run faster or, or get get boggled um and I think that played out more in how slow the Celtics ended up going because they were they were willing to press really quick off of um the Warriors were willing to press really quick for small spurts um off of off of makes or or whatnot and uh I mean so often I think it was Todd Whitehead put out the graph yesterday of um, you know, showing the discrepancy in, in time left on the shot clock when shots are going up. And, I mean, that played out so often with Boston, you know, getting into sets with 16 seconds left on the shot clock. And it was just – it felt like they were backs against the wall the entire series because of that. Just how much uh, Golden State really focused on uh, controlling the transition game. I, I, and I think that that was – there's maybe a little something that was demonstrated as far back as the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember the first game against Milwaukee, like, oh man, Milwaukee's kind of a little shorthanded and 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 uh, no no Chris Middleton and they've got an athleticism disadvantage, so we're just gonna have 
Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen and like pressure, like get up and get, you know, pick up at three quarter court almost and, and get really physical on the perimeter and, and know that Boston doesn't actually have a ton of downhill speed. So like, yeah, they might get by you, but they can't really hurt you. And I think that that was, that was, that was opening to me just in the first game of that series. And I think that Golden State with kind of, it's fair to say superior perimeter defensive personnel outside of Drew Holiday um, made that even more effective. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, anything else that, that, that stood out to you about this series that, that, you know, is worth hitting upon? Yeah, um, oh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> it's a, it's a, there, there's a, there's many things. Uh, I think one of the this is more just on a less on a, like an analytical note or anything, but I uh, I just hope Rob Williams is okay because it it sucked watching him play. Like honestly, it was it was cool because he had some incredible incredible plays tonight defensively, um, but also like you could just tell how hobbled he was. Like he did not look right at all, and that really showed up for me offensively. With as much as he had his bounce on defense, like his. He wasn't right off the catch or on the roll um, on offense. You could tell he was disjointed. Um, and I just hate seeing guys have to play through injuries. I know, like, the Celtics team doctors came out like, oh, you know, like, it's fine. You're not going to hurt That's your That's a lie. But, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> IT had that, that quote tweet today. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know, man. And uh, so I, I just you – know, I'm glad but, that he doesn't have to go through game seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's, you know – I. I, that, that's one of those ones where I'd, I, I'd appreciate a little more honesty. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 not awesome, but it's the finals, and yeah. I think everyone's like, okay, fine, it's the finals. Like, if you're going to, if if there's like, you know, you're not asking a guy to grind 32 minutes in, you know, in February, like, <laughs> you know, so like, you know, as uh, as uh, people say, flags fly forever. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's like. Um, but yeah, no, I hope that they're very judicious with, you know, if he didn't play until January, um, I think that would be okay. I don't yeah. like, I, I kind of doubt that's what they're actually going to do, but I think that like, giving him a nice long rest because they want to be here again this time next year um, and having him more fully healthy is going to be a big part of that in and that's, that's a great segue to talk about next year a little bit. I'm I'm so excited for next season. Oh, just yes. I have I've like I haven't even really sat down to contemplate what next season could look like because I've been so in draft mode recently. But um, I uh, I I mean I'm I'm right there with you. I think Golden State, like in terms of talking about what their youth could look like next year, could be really exciting. And Boston too. I mean I this team for a whole year. I do. They're they're. I don't I don't want to be pessimistic but they're one of the teams where it feels like they really captured something this year and obviously you don't want to take away the run that they had but it does make me think like going forward to next year like ah it's just it is hard to carry that shit over for for an entire se- for, for for more than a season um like obviously it's, they have a great foundation i'm excited about it but it'll it'll be interesting to see what moves they do or don't make it's the it's the uh the the atlanta hawks i mean the the, the dallas mavericks rant of you don't start at the finals next year. You got to get back to the finals. Exactly. Um, I I do think that they're 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 at a better base to do Definitely. that than, than those teams are. No, we get, I think we start with Golden State. Like Golden State is now officially kind of in the for a number of years. Like LeBron was like LeBron teams were like, I don't care what their 
their regular season. Like, uh, I forget what year it was. I think it was 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. And we were, like, doing analysis when I was with the Bucks, and we were doing analysis about, like, okay, who are our possible playoff opponents and who do we want to play? And I'm, like, looking at all the numbers and all the things you look at, and, like, every indicator is, like, the team we would most want to play is the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but LeBron. And it's like, yeah, yeah no, but LeBron. We know, we, like, we, and I think, I think next year, like, heading into next year's postseason, barring, like, craziness, like, I think that, that like, okay, but the Warriors is, is you know, they could win 49 games next year. And if they're coming into the playoffs healthy, like, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to show me the body. <laughs> um, so start from there. But, like, you know, just thinking about the number of teams that, you know, start the season with legit hopes is, I think, more than, you know, more than we've seen in a while. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, just going up and down the list, like, it – how weird is it that we haven't talked about the Clippers at all, yep. man? Like, exactly. I mean, they – and I love the moves that they made this year, honestly. And, and they have moves to make in the offseason as well. Um, so, obviously, they're coming in. They want to win a title next year. New Orleans is legit, in my opinion. I think that they really okay. established themselves. Not as a, I agree not as a contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, like, but like, yeah. As, as like a legit playoff team. Yeah. You know, uh, like, they're a team that I wouldn't want to face in the first round. Um I'm not. I don't even want to think about Utah. That's that's an entirely. Uh, yeah. Like, no, I yeah. think. I mean, um, no, but I mean, Memphis. Yeah, Denver. Like the Clippers. Yeah. De- yeah, Denver as, as as they get healthy. Um, Dallas you know, too. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm 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 you know I the, the next season's number totals haven't come out yet, but I'll. But it, were I were I interested in that kind of thing, I would be taking the Dallas under no matter what it is. Yeah, but, I would be there with but, you too. Um, but I mean, you know, even like depending on on what what they manage to pull out of that this summer, like the Lakers are still starting with LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. So if you know, we've kind of seen you put the right pieces around that. Like even going back to you know like last season, prior to some injuries, like they were top three team in the league. So uh, not like not this past season, but the mm-hmm. yeah, season, no, for sure, yeah, the season prior. And that's just in the West, and I'm sh- and I feel like we've forgotten someone too. Like maybe I'm like, um, yeah. Who- oh, Phoenix. <laughs> we didn't no, yeah, oh, yeah. Phoenix. I, oh, yeah. there. I well, yeah. They're they're in an interesting spot. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it's- you can't. I, like you can you can you do the revenge tour two years in a row? <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It seems. See, it would seem by all all indica- indications from reporting, the answer is no on that one. Uh, but still, I mean, they're still going to be really solid um, yeah. by all accounts and purposes. Um, so that'll be interesting. And but, then in the East, you got you got you know you got Boston again. You got um, you know my uh, like Miami probably has the ability to, to to be deeper next year than they were this year. Um, now they'll also be a year older in some key spots, but mm-hmm. like obviously, like Milwaukee, um, again a team that will be another year older, but healthy is is right up there with anybody. Uh, Brooklyn, like the, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what Philadelphia comes back looking like next year. I mean, if this is the Joel Embiid we have like for the next couple of years that we got this year, like. You know that's that's certainly best player on the floor equity any night, like mm-hmm. so that's I mean, 
you know, we've talked about a third of the league that has yeah. like that that isn't like totally fooling themselves to think, yeah, it could be us next year. Now there's gradations of that, but still, I'm, so I'm I'm like between that and sort of you know a lot of the the young players kind of continuing to to percolate. I'm very excited for next season. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned with the young players, I think that's what I'm most excited for next year. I mean, I'm I'm the annoying player development guy who likes just watching all of the young teams play. But like the, I mean, the Cavs legitimately. I, part of it was I talked myself into it a little bit too much. But I mean, the Cavs were a home court advantage team that I thought, you know, halfway through the year, I was like, I don't want to face them in the playoffs. You know, like their their length, what they can do. I'm interested to see how things change with them. I mean, like, even Minnesota's in an an odd spot for sure, especially with all the D-Lo stuff too. But, um, like, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's going to be, like it is every every year, there's going to be some young team that that we aren't really expecting that that takes a jump, that supplants somebody. Um, Maybe it's New Orleans and I look stupid. Hey, I mean, betting on them to to have an even better year next year is is feasible, but how much better would be interesting. A lot's going to depend on injuries for sure. I think it's like you know. I'll, I'll I'll go safe and say it's going to be the Kings. No, I'm kidding. Oh um, gosh, jeez. So yeah, I'm not um, ready to have my heart broken by a, all right. We're, a good we Kings story. I feel like okay, yeah. I feel like I feel like unfortunately the night started with the with uh, the with with talk of the Kings with they're trading their draft pick, making the pregame show somehow. Anyway, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. Uh, and that's probably uh, probably a decent spot for us to to kind of kind of start to wrap up. Um, any like any other button you want to put on like. This this season, like, what do you think? Have you? Is there anything you feel like you've really learned this this season, this playoffs? Anything that's really changed? Anything that's been like super reinforced? I mean, I think uh, I, I've got one, but I, I'm interested in yours. Yeah, um, I think my biggest thing that continues to be reinforced for me is how freaking hard it is to win um, at the highest level. You know, to actually win a finals. Uh, like, I, I think so often. Uh, like a, a lot of there's just a lot of conjecture and philosophizing about how you do this, how you how you build a championship roster. And I think so much of it is like, well, there are definitely principles and guidelines. Um, there's a you know a million ways to skin a cat, whatever the whatever the phrase is with it. I'm not. It's something my grandma would say, but um, I just think you know we saw a multitude of shades this year from teams that had the potential to win it. Things went wrong for a myriad of reasons. Um, I mean, luck does play a part. Timing plays a huge part. I just, uh, I think I keep coming back to having as many players who can, who can handle the ball, who can, who can make quick decisions, and who can at least hold up on defense is probably the most important thing you can have moving forward. I think that just continues to be a thing. Like if, if Boston has one more of those players who can, who can be that guy, like let's say Derek White actually has something at the rim again, like that's, it's a, it's a different game tonight, you know, like it, it but, um, I think that's what I keep coming back to throughout the throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. I think I, my mine is sort of it's related to that, and that's you know, like you say, like you need you need a, you need a touch of good luck to you know, and you know, we it's not, it in no way reduces. I don't think like Golden State's accomplished by saying, hey, like John Morant got hurt in the second round and Phoenix like collapsed, mm-hmm. so that like they they. Uh, they and, and and they could have had a worse finals matchup, like those those three things all happened. But those three they ha- three things happened, and they were well positioned to deal with that because they have gamers on their team, mm-hmm. and sort of that's like reliability is sort of 
I've been watching too much Formula One, so now reliability is a big part. <laughs> I have to get into it now, yeah. uh, especially with the NBA up. I got to, yeah. I got, I got to catch up. Uh, you know, the Netflix show got me. Well, don't let it get you. Um, <laughs> no, but like just the, like like having guys you can and like I'm not saying guys that like you know, Derek White is inconsistent, but he's not unreliable. Yeah, and like. And so, you know, you mentioned, like, D'Angelo Russell earlier. And there's, you know, maybe a guy on the team in Brooklyn. And, you know, some, and there's uh, other players on, on Minnesota, for example. And so just, like, having those guys that you, that, like, and, and you know, that, that may be one of the biggest things that Clay kind of brought back to the Warriors is one more guy. It's like, all right, he may or may not make shots on any given night, but he's going to be there. Yeah. He's going to... Like, and not just, like, you know, be present and be available to play, but it's just, like, a certain, like, play basketball, not the moment. And it, it, so I think that that's something that, like, kind of throughout this entire playoffs has been, has been something that's really been driven home to me is, is, and, you know, this is, this is maybe, this is maybe me fully, like, (laughs) <laughs> growing into old men yelling at, at clouds. Like, you need vets who are... And that's not what I mean. But it, it, but it is a little bit of that. Like, um, so I don't know. That's, that, that, that's the biggest thing for me is, uh, that, that I feel like has been most reinforced for me. Um, yeah. No, and I, I totally agree with that. I think you see that. Even, even looking at Boston, like, okay, if Jason Tatum has played in a finals before, how, does this, how, how different does the series look? Like having that experience, being there... Um, that's yeah. that's essential. Although, I mean, you know, the the well, he's still only ni- the, you know the the meme. Of, he's still <laughs> only nineteen years old. Like, at a certain point, like Jason Tatum is a very experienced playoff player. Yeah. So I don't know if we get like if we get the you know the the it was his first time Mulligan quite the yeah. same way as you as you would with you know this was Jordan Poole's first playoffs. So him taking a little bit of time to figure it out was understandable. Um, so. But at the same time, like the top players, you know, there, there were, you know, there was, it wasn't that long ago. And, and, uh, I see, uh, I see him in, in watching and he's joining me tomorrow, Dustin Godsey from, uh, the CMO of the Bucks. Uh, remember back in, in 2019 after we lost to the Raptors, like, I don't know if Giannis quite has it. And since then, he's been, you know, over the last, you know, four seasons, has been the best player in the NBA. Uh, I think, kind of without question. Even if yeah. at other at, at various times there might have been like someone better than him across that stretch of time, because okay, there's some things that like got exposed in his game in kind of that year and the next year against Miami that he fixed, and so Tatum has a chance to do that now. Now whether he does, I don't know. Um, you know, the best players do, and the guys who are almost at that, the guys who end up their career being almost don't. And only time will tell if if uh, if that's the case. But I think yeah. we should I, I think we should end just again uh, saluting the Warriors. Um, I didn't like I was I frankly I was skeptical whether they were a, a top six seed at the start of the year, um, and now you know they're the champions. So goes to show that it, that I would say nobody knows anything, but I don't know anything, and it's a useful reminder of that. Yeah, no, I mean, same. same. I, I think I had them projected as the five or six seed before the year started. I, I even even getting closer to the playoffs, I knew what their record was, but I was like, I just don't know if I believe in their half court offense. And exactly what you said, you know, it's uh, what do I know? <laughs> I mean, but, 
uh, awesome stuff from them. I mean, I just I like that. Not to go on a huge ramble, but um, to my, my entire teenage into adult life has been defined by you know watching Steph Curry and the Warriors and and how basketball has changed and evolved around them, and uh, just to continue seeing it be from you know from from that first series against the Nuggets to here is uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I just can't. I, it's 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 wild to think about how long it's it's been around and how far they've come. So in twenty years, you'll be just like the, the people who are like Michael Jordan would never. Yeah, know, yeah. Like Steph people, Curry people my generation. Yeah, Steph Curry yeah. would never. Although it, it might be more like his. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for for jumping on. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I um, you know before we let you go, tell the tell the folks listening where they can find you and uh, what what plans you got next. Yeah, well, as as always, thanks thanks a ton for having me on, man. This was really fun. I'm glad we could we could we could talk. Um, you can find me on Twitter at mg underscore Schindler. I, uh, I write over at basketballnews.com. Uh, I also uh, cover the WNBA for WNBA.com. I have some some really fun features coming out soon. Uh, the series, I mean, season overall has been really awesome. And now that NBA is over, now is a great time to tap in if you. Uh, if you have not been following along, the basketball is fantastic. I can't uh, recommend it enough to people. But, um, yeah, I think I'm still trying to, to find full-time employment in basketball. But uh, we're getting closer. So I'm, I'm thinking this summer we'll uh, figure some things out. Got a lot of a lot of stuff lined up. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining me. And I, I said at the start, like, thanks, folks, for, for listening with these uh, with these with these kind of live reaction shows. They've they've been a lot of fun and, and people have uh, joined in more than I expected. Uh, I'm, I'm back tomorrow, as I mentioned, with uh, with Dustin Godsey of the Bucks is going to going going to commiserate with him about him no longer being defending champion. Sorry, Dustin. Um, and just talk about uh, maybe more of the business side of the NBA. And then uh, starting next week, we're going to turn to some draft and free agency stuff. I've got uh, big waz of the ringer uh, on next week. And I'm going to do some pre, pre and post draft stuff as well. So thanks, folks, for listening and uh, talk to you all again soon.